When the subject of death or funerals comes up, a lot of people just want to change the subject. Yet I have found that in those instances, sometimes my mind is just drawn to think about resurrection. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, we're studying today. We're going to be talking about resurrection. Thanks, Lynn. Yes, it's so important that we uh, pause and focus on on Jesus and his resurrection. Uh, For those of you who are listening, we're grateful for you listening to us and hope that your preparation for the celebration of Easter is already has already started for you, and and uh, I hope that you're looking forward to having a great group experience as you talk about this. We have Brian Gass with us today. Brian is one of our content editors for Bible Studies for Life. Brian, good to see you today. Good to have you with us. Hey, always good to be with you guys, and especially as we're talking about the resurrection. So thanks for having me. Brian also serves as a bivocational pastor. Brian, you've been at your church uh, 11 years, 12 years now, bivocationally? 14. Can you believe it? So, Brian, uh, at your church with Easter, do y'all do any, y'all have some tradition, something special y'all do? Uh, we usually do an Easter egg hunt with the kids during the Sunday school hour, and we always have somebody present the gospel uh, during that time. So that's a good outreach event as well as for our kids. And uh, we have a lot of adults and the teenagers get involved in that. Sometimes we'll use the resurrection eggs uh, to tell the story and that kind of thing. But it's lots of fun. And uh, we were doing up until COVID hit a uh, living last supper. Uh, where many of the men in our church would actually act out the Last Supper, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So we may get back to that uh, now that things are normalizing. <laughs> okay. Well, you did mention the uh, sharing evangelism, and I think that's a good good point for all of our readers, to, especially Bible study leaders. This session, as we talk about the resurrection of Christ, is an excellent time to present the plan of salvation. I have become convinced, and I never assume those who are sitting in my group are all believers. Uh, there's some that they they may be visiting with somebody. Uh, there's some that may they may be regular attenders, and they're thinking through the faith. They're thinking through what this following Jesus stuff is all about. So don't assume everyone is a believer. Uh, and with a, with a session, especially like this, just point blank, invite people to faith in Christ as they look at the this, this story of the resurrection and the new hope. Well, we're going to be in, in uh, John chapter 20 as we look at the, uh, the account of the resurrection. And gentlemen, let me begin reading in verse 1 of John chapter 20. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So whenever we look at the story of the resurrection, uh, it's we look at it from the, from the perspective of uh, we've heard the story or we know something about the story or uh, – we've the the idea of resurrection is a part of our thought process we sometimes need to be reminded that mary went to the tomb because 
the body of Jesus who had been crucified was there. Uh, the other women in other gospel accounts go to prepare his bo body uh, for a proper burial. So um, she went with great sadness. This is a, a, a hard, difficult time. It's early in the morning, and she is surprised by the stone being rolled away. She did not go expecting that that would happen or that that would be a reality. Yeah, that's right. We take that uh, rolled away stone for granted sometimes. <laughs> it is the capstone of Christianity, the resurrection. So we've made much of it, and rightly so. Uh, I like the way our writer um, really captures Mary Magdalene as a person and tries to give us that fresh look uh, that she had, a reminder that she was possessed uh, by demons and how she had been uh, freed of that and how thankful she was for Jesus and that deep relationship. And so it's no wonder that she was uh, the first one to come running to the tomb to look for his body and to make sure she could do all that she could do uh, to uh, to wrap things up, I guess. Little did she know. Well, one thing that is clear in this passage is the tomb was empty. Rationales of, well, maybe she went to the wrong tomb. But then if that was the case, someone, Peter, Simon, Peter, someone could come and correct her and says, lo, here is the correct tomb. But she went to the correct tomb uh, and it's obviously empty. Now, in this distraught state she was in, or I should say this sadness, uh, mournful state she was in, Chris, as you pointed out, to see the tomb empty would only, to me, would only exacerbate that sadness in her. The one I love, number one, he's dead and now he's been stolen. We, we do tend to look at this from this side and, and uh, to, to us, at least for me, it's so obvious. Well, yeah, Jesus rose again. He kept telling you he's going to rise again and here it's an empty tomb. So there it's obvious. And it wasn't to them. Yeah. The story is pretty simple when it's just told through the eyes of Mary, isn't it? You let the skeptics get a hold of it and they start spinning yarns. And before you know it, it requires more of a miracle to believe some of the things they're saying than what actually took place. <laughs> So after Mary has gone and told John and uh, Peter that the stone has been rolled away, their response is found in verses three following. Uh, they, they go to the tomb. Uh, John is evidently faster than Peter. So he, he gets there first. He stoops in and looks and notices the linen clothes, but doesn't go in. When Simon Peter gets there, he just enters right in, which is what you would expect of him. They notice that the the wrappings are there, how his head was wrapped. It, it, those things are there, but the body's not. And so they begin that process of trying to piece together what this means uh, for them. Then we go back. Uh, let's pick back up, Lynn, with uh, Mary's story. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she was crying, she stooped to look unto the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus's body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him 
and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. It's interesting to me that uh, at first she didn't recognize uh, the voice of Jesus. It wasn't until he said her name uh, that that she suddenly turns um, and recognizes him. Mary, boy, just hearing uh, her name uh, said again by the Lord Jesus just made it all fall into perspective, huh? I think we all can remember uh, that time where it was it was as if we heard an audible voice calling our name and calling us into relationship with him. Uh, what a what a moment this must have been. Again, looking from this side of things is, well, Jesus, Mary, why didn't you recognize Jesus? He's you've been around him a lot. You, you, you know what he looks like. But we have to remember this distraught state that she was in and already mourning now that she's grieved because the body has been stolen. She's not looking for Jesus. And so just I think it was just in that distraught state. She just wasn't thinking clearly in that sense. But as you said, just hearing her name from the one she loved and the one that she knew loved her, I just changed everything. Now, let me, uh, guys, if you'll let me, let me chase a rabbit here for just a moment. <laughs> when Mary comes to the tomb, it says here in John, she goes in and there are two angels there. Matthew only mentions one angel. Mark only mentions one angel. Luke mentions two. So what's up? Are these, why can't these guys get their story straight? You may have heard people with that complaint, the discrepancies in the gospel. How do you respond to some of this as well? How many angels were there at the tomb? You know, I always like to know that that question is coming beforehand because I go back to the, one of those harmonies of the gospel and I read through it all again uh, to try and make sense of it myself. Um, but one of the things that I was reading from a, uh, a homicide detective um, who had done lots of eyewitness interviews, I thought was really interesting. Uh, he said, eyewitness accounts are largely dependent upon the questions asked by the interviewer. And so you will get a lot of true statements made that may seem contradictory uh, in and of themselves, uh, but they are, they are true uh, in answer to the question that's being asked. And sometimes when they put all of that stuff together, then it begins to make sense. And I think that's true of the harmony of the Gospels. Yeah, yeah, Brian, using that example, if you and I were um... – we we live close to each other. We, we we see an accident out here on the, on the road by Interstate 24, so we see it, and so we pull over, and and a police officer goes and interviews. Okay, tell me what you saw, and you say, well, there are these four by these four people in this car, and they just plowed into the back of that other one. All right, so he comes over and interviews me separately, and he says, well, tell me what happens. He says, well, there was this one guy driving the car, and he plowed into the truck. Well, did one guy plow or did four? It all depends on what you're focusing on and and uh, emphasizing at that point. And I think that's the case with Matthew and Mark and then Luke and John. It's uh, what are they emphasizing and the fact that, uh, like Matthew, he focused on what the angel said, not necessarily on the fact that there were multiple angels there. Yeah, and just using basic logic, I mean, if if he had said – there was only one angel there, then we'd have a problem. Sure. We'd have a, a logical contradiction, but he didn't. 
uh, when there are two angels present, there are certainly one angel present. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we could have had this discussion earlier. We're talking about Mary Magdalene because uh, the other gospel writers refer to several women at the tomb. But again, mm-hmm. no discrepancy. John was focusing on the uh, events surrounding what Mary did, what she said. So it wasn't like he was, he didn't say only Mary went to the tomb. That was, that was a good point, Brian. Thank you. All right. The rabbit has been chased. Now we can move on. So one of the questions that we ask um, and encourage uh, for discussion um, with our groups is uh, when have you had an encounter with Jesus or when was there, when has there been a time when God was at work and you didn't necessarily recognize uh, God being at work in that process? I think there's a way to help us connect our story uh, to, to Mary's story. Yeah, I remember the first short-term mission trip I went on. I was in uh, Moldova in the former Soviet Union, and I had just gone basically to placate a professor Uh, He had asked me uh, if I wanted to go on a mission trip with him. Uh, I said, no, not really. He said, um, he said, why not? I said, well, uh, I'm pretty certain I'm called to be a pastor. He said, well, you want to be a good pastor, don't you? Well, of course I want to be a good pastor. He said, well, you need to go on this mission trip with me. Uh, I really thought I was just going on this mission trip to placate a professor and uh, and to make sure that I had established my credos as a good pastor. But I tell you what, God met me over there, and my goodness, uh, he stirred something in my heart. I heard things from the Lord um, that were just so crystal clear that later on led to, of course, uh, us being career missionaries for a good while. So uh, that definitely happens. And Brian, then as you you felt called uh, to the mission field to share Christ with others, that really kind of it's a great segue into this last section of scripture we're looking at. This is verse 17, where, he's, where this is Jesus talking to Mary again. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father and to my God and your God. When Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. And there we have the first example of someone sharing the message of the resurrection Christ, sharing it with someone else. Our writer makes this real clear. Um, For one thing, the personal nature of this, um, I'm going to my God and your God, my father, your father, uh, continuing that, that theme. But just the fact that Jesus told her to go. And what did she do? She turned right around and went. What a novel idea. Uh, would that we would all make it so simple in our evangelism. She said, Jesus said to her, go and tell them. And uh, just going along with what you said, uh, she is commanded to go and share this good news. And she immediately does it. I appreciated that Chad wrote um, in our uh, personal study guide uh, that delayed obedience is disobedience. And we do not see that in Mary. She immediately responds and goes and tells the disciples that she has seen the Lord. Not sure if Chad got that from my wife or what, but my kids uh, have heard that quite a few times. Maybe it was <laughs> vice versa. <laughs> well, I love this account too, because it really stresses the, the truthfulness of this account. Because in their culture, a woman would not be considered a reliable witness at all. 
Yet who has Jesus revealed himself to first? A female. And he gave her the commission to go and tell, you know, if, if, if this was a made up story or the disciples down the road were trying to really make this look good, they would have had Peter and John going to the tomb, seeing it, believing immediately. And they're the ones who go out and spread the news. No, Jesus, uh, what we see here is the truth. He spoke to a woman and she is the one who spread the, first shared the message. So we are delighted that you have taken the time to listen to the podcast today. Uh, we are praying for your groups and for you as your leading groups, um, that this will be a, a, just a great opportunity to connect and to tell the story of the resurrection. We Last week, we talked about the crucifixion. This week, we're talking about the resurrection. And we need, I think as the church, sometimes we be reminded that this is our story. This is our time. This is the, the heart of what it means to be a Christian, that Jesus died on the cross and God raised him from the dead and he is alive. So this is a great opportunity to echo uh, this, this great gospel message to the people who are in our group and to help them understand that we have an obligation to be sure that we're telling that story to people that we encounter. So let me encourage you with two things to do this week. Uh, one is, uh, go back to what we said at the beginning, Present the plan of salvation. Use this as an opportunity to invite people to give their life to Christ. There's a great tool for you. Now, for your leaders, if you need a tool to do that, just look on the inside front cover of your leader guidebook. There is how to walk through uh, leading someone to faith in Christ. But for everyone else, with your books you have, whether it's a daily discipleship guide or the personal study guide, go to the inside front cover of your book. And there you will see information about how a person prays to receive Christ. Great tool that you have right there in your hand to use as you share Christ with someone else. But as you share Christ with them, invite them to come and be a part of a Bible study with you. We are wrapping up today with this session, uh, our uh, study on my encounter with Jesus. But next week, we're starting a new study. It'll be six weeks looking at dealing with temptation. There's something that uh, all of us still, whether no matter how long we've been a believer, we still struggle. We still face that, that battle with temptation. And this is a great study that Juan Sanchez has written for us on how we, how we can be victorious over temptation. One of the resources that you can use to invite people is uh, if you go to our website, uh, BibleStudiesForLife.com slash Adult Extra, you'll see there a place right on that page, uh, some videos. And there's a promotional video. It's all of 60 seconds long that you can use you, uh, to, to invite people to uh, this, come to Bible study. Uh, feel free to post this uh, on your Facebook page. If your class has a, a group page, share it with all your friends. You're free to disseminate this video however you choose because it's a, a way for you to invite people to come and learn about Christ and to grow in their faith in Christ. Thanks, Lynn. And Brian, thank you for being with us today. You got any last words for us? No, I, just as Lynn was talking earlier about the plan of salvation, I was reminded that we have a pack item uh, for those who get the leader pack, beautiful presentation of the gospel uh, that you can hang on the wall there. Of course, you can make your own also, but people come to faith by sitting there in class and reading over that and uh, the Holy Spirit prompts them to trust in Christ. We do hope that you have a great Bible study this week as you uh, gather with your, your uh, those in your group to talk about the resurrection. And we look forward to being you, with you next week as we start a new study.